the memories. The clock is down to 48 seconds. 20 to 10, Colorado leads Nebraska. They have waited a long time for this. So many times, the red blood has come into Folsom Field, and they have gone back across the border to the north, the winner. It won't be this time. The Stories. Prukop to the corner for Carrington, intercepted! Colorado got it! Witherspoon! With the biggest play in Colorado football for years! And now, as a supplement to over 40 years worth of CU football coverage in the CU at the Game archives, here is Stewart with his CU at the Game podcast. Greetings, Buff fans, from CU at the Game. This is Stuart Whitehair, publisher and editor for the CU at the Game website, and your host for the CU at the Game podcast. Welcome back to our NIL interview series. In this episode, we are introduced to CU's starting offensive left tackle, Jake Wiley. Though only a sophomore in terms of eligibility, Wiley has already been through a great deal in his time in Boulder. Recruited by Mike McIntyre's staff as a member of the C recruiting class of 2019, Wiley was on to his third head coach by the time he was able to take the field for the first time in 2020. Wiley earned a spot in the starting lineup last season, but the 2021 campaign did not open well. Offensive line coach Mitch Rodrigue was let go midseason, with quality control coach William Vallejo stepping in to coach the rest of the season. Since the middle of last year, the offensive line has improved, and that upward trend has continued with the hiring of offensive line coach Kyle Devan, giving the Buff fans reason for optimism about the line in 2022. Jake talks about the revolving door of coaches he's been through, and what Coach Devan has brought to the table. He also discusses how, through the adversities of the 2021 season, the offensive line has grown closer, as excited about leaving the past in the past, and making the Buff Nation proud this fall. And so, what was it like growing up in Colorado wanting to be a Buff, only to see the coach that recruited you leave before you were ever able to even set foot on campus? What does Jake think about Coach Devan's quote about him, that, quote, his approach this offseason has been freaking unbelievable. You talk about a guy that loves the game, loves the work, Loves the development side of it. I'm really excited about him. And what are the odds that Jake will report as a tackle eligible this fall and get his chance to score a touchdown in Folsom Field? Let's find out. Okay, and we're back, and we're talking with sophomore offensive tackle Jake Wiley. How's it going today? Good. How you doing? Good. Thank you. As we speak, we're getting just past spring practices 2022. Yep. Uh, have you had your exit meetings with your with your coaches yet, or is that still to come? Yeah, I just I just met with Coach DeRoe today and met with uh, Coach Sanford on Monday. So met with Coach Savannah last week. So, yeah, I've talked to all the coaches. Okay. Sure. You got your marching orders for the summer and uh, – yep. Your evaluations for the spring and everything like that. Everything looking good for 2022. Oh, yeah, everything's looking good on the right track where we wanted to go. So yeah, it's looking good right now. 
Okay. Well, I always like to start back with uh, your recruiting. You were part of the class of 2019. Mm-hmm. You committed early spring, summer of 2018 to the yep. uh, Mike McIntyre coaching staff. Yes, I but, did. Um, of course. Well, let's let's start. But just what uh, you're a Colorado kid mm-hmm. um, from Centennial, right? Yep. Were you always sort of predestined to go to CU? Was that always on your radar, or what? Uh, what were you thinking about when you were getting recruited as a senior in high school? I mean, in high school, I'm like, I've always like known about CU, just being a hometown kid, I'll, just watching the news or anything like that. I always, you always see stuff about Colorado and the Buffaloes and just their football program or basketball or anything like that. So, I mean, growing up, I always saw that. And then being in Colorado, too, I know a lot of people whose parents may have gone here or something like that. So, when getting recruited, seeing that, like, I could stay home and be able to keep playing football here for a school that I've been watching since I was little, it's kind of – it was a cool thing to see, a cool thing to do, too. Great. Well, you were not lacking for offers. I uh, had – other Pac-12 offers like Arizona State, Washington State, and then there was Oklahoma State from the Big 12. Did you uh, mm-hmm. seriously consider other offers? Did you uh, think that you might want to head out of state at all? Yeah, I mean, coming out of high school, I mean, I've lived here my whole life and 21 years in Colorado now. So coming out of high school, knowing uh, I had really the top three was here, going to Colorado, going to Oklahoma State, going to Arizona State, but really my top three choices – and I just, I just figured going out of state, I could do that later on in life. But for now, I wanted to stay home and play close to family, have my parents be able to come to home games and be able to watch and stuff like that too. So I think that was definitely a big factor in choosing what school I wanted to go to. Okay, yeah, I'm sure your mom didn't mind you uh, being just up the road uh, so she could watch you at home games. Oh yeah, she um, loves it. So you committed the 2018 season. Bus go five and seven. The Mike McIntyre staff gets let go. Mm-hmm. Um, second thoughts at that point. At this point, you obviously hadn't signed. You hadn't, uh, you know, you committed, but you hadn't signed mm-hmm. with intent. Were there uh, second thoughts about coming to see you after the Mike McIntyre firing? Yeah, I mean, seeing that happen, because that was a, they started off that year going five and oh, and I was loving it. And then they kind of just went downhill from there. So seeing him get fired, kind of like, I had to kind of, keep my options open in a way and just kind of talk to other school a little bit and just kind of test the waters. But when coach Tucker came in and I met with him and I came on my official visit up to Boulder for a weekend and just able to spend the, spend the week with the coaches up here and kind of see, kind of get his feel for how he wanted to run the program. I thought it would be good just to kind of just stay, stay with it and just stay at home. Okay. So we did enroll um, 2019 was a redshirt year, which is mm-hmm. not unusual for certainly for offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're not probably if you're starting as a true freshman, then either you're a freak of nature or there's a lot of problems on the line. But uh, right, you sat out 2019. Mel Tucker came and went. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you're on to you know 2020, the COVID year, yep. and you, know, you still haven't seen the field, but you're on your third coaching staff since you recruited any second thoughts at at that point that maybe you uh you know were missing out on something here that this was something that you uh wanted to try something different or you still uh, all buffed all the time I mean coming my freshman year I kind of knew like like you said unless you're a freak of nature the whole line is kind of just lacking in depth you know you're going to pretty much redshirt just 
kind of just kind of get a feel for the first season in a way. And so I kind of knew I was going to do that coming in already. And so after uh, Coach Tucker had left, in my head, I was kind of like, okay, like this next year could be a big year for me, but also like there's a lot of factors I had to come in, like just kind of think about. And so I really wanted to see uh, who they were going to hire as the head coach and they ended up hiring Coach Darrell, who's been here and I think we're building a good program with him. But I just felt like I wanted to just kind of just test the waters more and kind of just be loyal to CU before I really want to just up and leave right away just because Coach left. Was bigger when you're when you're going to school, you're going to go into the school for school and the team. You're not going to go to the school for a coach. So I feel like that was kind of a big factor of what I was going to do with my future after uh, Coach Tucker left. Okay, so now you've got Coach Jarrell, and then shortly thereafter, COVID hits and the season. Yeah. A bunch of stops and starts. Um, I guess it was yeah. maybe a little easier for you since you were so close to home when you get mm-hmm. sent home, come back, sent home, come back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so eventually there was a shortened 2020 season. You got on the field to play, at least for some special teams, a couple of snaps, stuff like that. Yeah. What was it like finally getting, even though there's nobody in the stands, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> finally getting to, you know, play in Folsom Field and wearing the black and gold? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a cool feeling. Like when you're a high school kid or just growing up, and you're like, watch, like, Beef Car, like I said, just growing up, I would watch CU games and be like, oh, like, I would always be super cool if I could play at, like, that level one day and finally be able to, like, you can see all the hard work you put in, kind of, like, showing off and kind of get a taste for it. Like you said, there's only a few snaps and a few plays, but kind of getting that taste for, like, actually playing and getting in and playing college football, was, it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. And I think that was a big thing for me going uh, this past season, the next offseason was – just, so you saw how much fun it was getting a few snaps and playing a little bit. How much more fun could it be if you're playing the whole game and you're starting all season? So that was really my main goal. That's kind of how I thought about that. So, yeah. Okay. So we switched now to, you know, we finally get to 2021. There are fans in the stands. You're still technically a redshirt freshman mm-hmm. um, COVID year without counting and stuff like that. So, yeah. Again, even redshirt freshmen don't normally get thrust into the starting role necessarily. And of course, left tackles being a position that uh, is the most important. I mean, well, you probably have your teammates disagree with that, but uh, (laughs) you know, left tackle being very important to the quarterback anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. And you got your first start against Northern Colorado. What was it like? Let's, you know, we'll talk about the 2021 season, but, you know, just getting out on the field and actually playing the whole game against Northern Colorado, how much fun was that? Yeah, it was really fun. I, I remember just before kickoff, like, Ralphie had ran for the first time in a couple of years, and I, I knew I was going to go out there and play and start for the first game in college. So I kind of, like, right before kickoff, after we ran out of the tunnel, kind of just took a second to myself to just kind of, like, look around and take everything in. And I thought that was – I think that, like – it was kind of cool for me just kind of take a moment for myself and just look at all the fans and look up, find my family in the stands, just kind of just look around, just feel the atmosphere of Folsom. And I was – there was a lot of people there. It was the first game back, fans fans back, Ralphie back, home game. So, yeah, it was, it was definitely really, it was a really fun time. So how many tickets did you uh, did you use for the first game between friends and family? How many uh, – Yeah, I definitely had a – I definitely had to get a lot for that game. I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but – I had my aunt, uncle, mom, dad, sister, some family friends came. I had a lot of friends that were there. 
and just family too. So yeah, and it was cool. And it was also cool seeing just family from all around uh, the country, like couldn't like obviously go to the game, but they would text me after the game to say good job and like, hey, oh, hey, we were watching you. So I thought that was cool too. Okay. So early in the season, you kind of shifted back and forth between left tackle and right tackle. We got a couple mm-hmm. of starts at, at right tackle. For those of us that aren't sophisticated in the line techniques, how much of a deal is it from you to switch from being left tackle to right tackle? Yeah, I mean, it's playing a complete opposite opposite side. So in my head, I was, I think the biggest thing for me was just in my head trying to, in the plays, just flip it, flip everything. So on a certain play, if I left tackle, at right tackle, I might have to do something else. So I can just really flip that in my head. And just, that was really the biggest thing is just kind of just getting back used to it. But I mean, I've played both left and right tackle my whole life growing up. So like it, it wasn't too bad for me to kind of go out there and play here and then play there. And all we can practice too, I think definitely helped just kind of getting ready for the week at that spot and just, just filling it out and just getting ready for it. So, yeah. Okay. Well, at least going into the season, you know, you were kind of the new kid on the block, but there was, you know, plenty of experience along the line last mm-hmm. year. And yet, you know, the first half of the season anyway, things weren't working out. Um, yeah. And then it kind of all came to a head in the cow game, um, which was a not to bring up bad memories, but I mean it was yeah. a, a twenty-six to three game. Cal had six sacks. Steve at that point was last in the run in the nation in, in total yards and mm-hmm. 125th in scoring. And I mean just, you know, not not good numbers. Right. And the you know, the line coach Mitch Rodriguez was let go in the middle of the season. Where were you guys at? What was your head like, you know, at mid-season 2021? Where were we – what was going on? And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, how were you guys reacting to that? Yeah, I mean, like, like you said, like, it was a tough time. So, I mean, it was definitely frustrating as an old line because as an old line, you don't ever want to give up a sack or a tackle for loss or see a QB get hit or anything. You just want to, like, positive yards, touchdowns, kind of plays like that, first downs. And having just a season like that or just – beginning of the season like that where like you said we had six sacks in the cow game like it was it was t- definitely a tough time for us but i think uh after uh we had uh coach rod coach rod got let go and coach vallejo stepped in i think that was kind of it helped it helped our group and like our just the room kind of just grew some more confidence back and was playing and kind of just realized like we were going out there we were playing not having as much fun so our kind of main thing to focus on was just go out there have fun and like everyone's going to make mistakes, which is how you bounce back from those mistakes and how you can just fix them. So I think that was the main thing that we kind of just took in after Coach Rod had been fired, and we just decided to try to just finish finish out the season the best best possible. Okay, so was there time to do anything different? Was there anything that was it? William Vallejos, yeah, Vallejos, Vallejos. Um, did you have anything different that he was trying to teach you at that point, or is it just not enough time in uh, game week to install anything different, yeah. more of a philosophical or emotional thing rather than a technique thing? Right. Well, I mean, like we've gone, we went through all of spring ball and then all of fall camp and then up to the season to that point. So we had a lot of time kind of just going over doing the same kind of offensive technique and stuff, but we, we switched up a little bit of stuff, switched up some stuff we were doing at practice, just working just different drills with stuff that we were really uh, we really needed to work on. So 
I think Coach Vallejo's uh, coming in really helped us. It's kind of helped us kind of just open up and just kind of just think like, okay, we were messing up on maybe it was this like pass protection. We we're messing up a lot here. Let's kind of over overemphasize this in practice. And I feel like those last couple of games too, after Coach Rod had been let go and the whole line really just kind of locked in and just really try to focus up a lot on like just the details we had, especially going into that Oregon game, knowing Kayvon Thibodeau is a really good, real good pass rusher, going to play at the next level. That was Frank and I, that was our thing all week. We were like, we don't want to let him have a good game against us. So talking to Coach Vallejos too, he was t- teaching us just little secrets and just tips and stuff like that that can help us for the week. So I think we really just try to just hone in on that, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Okay. So he's played in Alabama and stuff like that. So, right. Um, he had some credibility in the room, even though he was a young coach. Um, mm-hmm. And did that, you talked about he was more cohesive at that point with the line or uh, us against them, chip on your shoulder. Yeah. Um, what was the, what was the motivation at, at that point when you're hearing all the, all the stuff from the outside? Well, yeah, like, we're, we're obviously like, we're, we're people too. So we'll see like all the social media stuff and like, we'll take it with a grain of salt, to be honest. It's kind of like, we know kind of like inside, like we have our own stuff kind of going on. And so we, we would see some of the stuff, but we try not to focus on it too much, but with Vallejo, I think it was definitely helpful having him. Like, like you said, young coach, but he was successful when he played at Alabama, played with guys who were just freaks there and did a great job. And yeah, like you said, he has that credibility just, just from a winning standpoint. So I feel like that kind of just helped us too. Like, oh, we can listen to him and like, he can, he really knows what he's talking about and he'll really be able to help us out and like, just get us where we need to be or where we want to be for the end of the season. So, yeah. Okay. So you get through the season, you, you know, you quote, your quote is saying it was a trial by fire, which I think is a pretty fair statement, mm-hmm. especially since you were a, a redshirt freshman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course now you've got another new coach. Um, yep. I know you're running out of fingers as to how many <laughs> position coaches and things you've had to, to deal with, but now you've got other than Darian Hagan, the entire offensive coaching staff is, is new. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle Devan was brought in as offensive line coach. When did you, you first maybe got to meet him in December before finals or maybe uh, not until you, you got back in January. I think it was after January was where I first met him. Okay. What were your, did you probably read up on him, heard it, you know, read yeah. his quotes and stuff like that? What was uh, what was your first impression of your your new offensive line coach? Yeah, so coming from – he came from Michigan, and I have one of my really good friends from high school, teammate from high school, someone I'm really close with. He plays in Michigan now. And so he kind of told me, he was like, yeah, like, I know uh, Coach Devan, he's a super cool guy. And so I was kind of talking to him about him, just kind of just kind of figuring out, like, who he was in a way, and then – Honestly, the best way to meet him was just to talk to him, just me and him kind of talked. And I thought it was – we had a really good conversation just kind of just talking about where, like, goals I had, what goals we had as a team, and where you, like, we want to go, like, in the future. So I think that was definitely helpful for sure. Yeah. Well, no, no secret here. A lot of a lot of your teammates left. You know, the transfer portal is open to everybody mm-hmm. at this point to get a free year, free transfer without losing any eligibility. Yeah. Um, again, nobody – Blame you if you like. You see, you're a third head coach, at least three or four different position coaches. Right. Uh, you've already been at CU for a couple of years. Was there any thought in your mind, if as far as you know, maybe I should go to a place that's a little more stable or give me a better opportunity, or do you think, hey, I'm already a starter as a freshman. Mm-hmm. I want to 
do what I can for the University of Colorado. Yeah, honestly, I feel like it was it was both ways. Like I got to a point where I was kind of like, yeah, like like you said, I'm on a another whole new offensive coaching staff, and I just kind of have to get a feel for that. But also, last year was my first year playing, so I kind of wanted to just. In my eye, I thought it was better for myself to stay here and work with the team and just keep getting better as a team and just meet the coaching staff and just be okay with it. And because I'm I'm at the point now where I'm kind of used to a new coach and getting used <laughs> to it all like that. So it was I said I think it'd be good for myself just to stay with the team and keep continuing to build up my individual, just how I play and like that, and then also try to help the team as much as I possibly can. And I felt like with the transfer portal, like it, it was there. If it's there then, it'll be there later on in the future, too. So if I ever in the future, which I don't really plan on going anywhere, but if I ever do, it's still there. So that's why I thought just to stay here and just keep playing here was the best option for me. Okay. So you've had gone through the, the spring practices with the new coach. Well, a whole new offense, got a new offensive coordinator and everything mm-hmm. like that. What was spring practices 2022 versus 2021, you know, actually got a full season in 2021 and mm-hmm. got to do everything, you know, in a nor- semi-normal situation. What was different uh, these 15 spring practices as opposed to what you were doing in 2021? Different techniques, different uh, styles. I mean, what uh, what does Kyle Devan bring to the, the table and what have you guys been working on that would be, mm-hmm. we could see it would be different than what you were doing last year? I think last year, um... I know for myself, at least, while we're like going in last year's spring ball, it was my first spring ball. I didn't really didn't really know what to expect because I got cut short my freshman year because of COVID. So last year was really my first one. And so I kind of just went in there and just wanted to play and just kind of like was trying to prove myself that I could I was a player that I could play and start and just trying to just prove myself, really. And then this year, I, after having all the last season of playing and knowing what we did wrong and just try to think about the stuff that I could fix. So in spring ball, my goal, and I think the whole Alliance goal was just focus on what we can fix and how we can fix it. And then with the van, he, he brought, came in, Coach Devan brought in and brought us a bunch of great drills and stuff that we can do that we, that we were, I was able at least to see correlate for myself and others in uh, when we're uh, scrimmaging and just stuff like that. So I think Coach Devan, the drills he's bringing in is going to help us. And then our mentality is the whole line just, had that chip on your shoulder, like you said, just kind of keep going. And we, we, what happened last year happened last year. We can't change that, but we can we can grow off of that and just become better. So I think as a whole line, that's kind of where our mindset was going in the spring. I think it helped us have a good spring too. Okay, so um, things you know, you've got uh, you know at least you know one new grad. I mean, you got Tommy Brown coming in. You've got mm-hmm. uh, a lot of you coming back. Um, you feel pretty comfortable now that you're the the left tackle for the next three years, or are you prepared to do whatever it takes, yeah. be wherever you need to be? Honestly, yeah. Like if I play left tackle for the next three years, like that, that works for me. If I play right tackle, guard doesn't really matter to me. Honestly, if I can just play and just help the team as much as possible, that's the goal. Bringing Tommy in, I think, was a huge addition. Uh, like you said last year, we have Frank and Casey coming back, and myself, so. I feel like the us three, we kind of build that chemistry. And then with Noah and Salsa, or Austin Johnson and Tommy Brown, uh, we have some other guys that are coming in and to play too. So I feel like we all are just 
we have good chemistry together. And I think the spring helped with that too. And off the field too, we're all, all super close with each other. We're always together getting, whether that's getting food or just hanging out together. We're always super close. I think that definitely helps just building the chemistry between one another. I think that's a big thing. Okay. Well, your fellow tackle, you know, Frank Phillip talked about that this spring, his quote was, it's like a blindfold has been taken off. Mm-hmm. And everybody's just getting better every day. That's yep. and, uh you'd agree with that uh, assessment with the offensive line this spring? Yeah, I think that was the per- perfect way to put it. Like, like I said, the whole line, we all, every day we try to think of two goals that are two things that we can improve. So, so one day maybe it's you want to improve part of your pass pro or and then another goal is you want to improve part of your run game. So every day we would all write down two things that we wanted to work on. And then we would hold, Coach Devan would hold us accountable to it. So we would go to practice and say, I want to work on punching out a certain area on the, D, uh, the DN. If I wrote that down as my goal, he would, we would go and practice and we would see like the spot and see if it would correlate or not. And if it didn't, we would talk about ways that we can make it correlate. And if it did, we can talk about like what we did, like helping uh, correlate over. So I think that definitely helped. And like Frank said, just building, building our own game. I think that's what spring ball is about is just, getting better, learning from your mistakes, and then just trying to just do your best and just show out, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, you've apparently impressed your new offensive line coach. He had this to say, Jake, obviously he knew he didn't have a great year and coaches hit on it, but this, but his approach this offseason has been freaking unbelievable. I don't know if he doesn't swear normally, if he doesn't just like to swear <laughs> in the press, but he actually said freaking you talk about a guy that loves the game, loves the work, loves the development side of it. His approach has been unbelievable. I'm really excited about him. So I don't know. It's hard to get much better praise from uh, your position right. coach. So you feel pretty comfortable, you know, again, going into, you know, the fall with, uh, with this particular coach, you know, again, you say, you know, it's been tough last year, but you know, right. this year is a new year. Let me ask you a little bit about your, uh, strength and conditioning coach. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems from the outside, you know, those of us that don't really understand, you know, what's going on in the weight room and then the training room and stuff during the off season and conditioning that every time we get a new strength and conditioning coach, it seems like, you know, this guy's got great style. He's got great mm-hmm. motivation. He's got the way that, you know, the way of the world. And then, you know, that works until the next guy comes in and then the next guy's the one right. that's got all the answers Shannon Turley came in with a lot of, you know, a good history at, at Stanford in terms of production, in terms of mm-hmm. results. What about Shannon Turley? And, you know, is it is that a, a fair statement in your opinion, since obviously linemen have to spend a whole lot of time on weight training and conditioning? Um, what's your impression of Shannon Turley and the strength and conditioning staff? No, I love I love our whole staff. Coach Turley, I think he's he's really helpful for us. Yeah, like you said, he has a great great past history at Stanford, just very winning and very successful. And that's something that we want to bring here to see you. And I feel like he really helps us a lot too, just as a team, uh, making sure that we hold all like everybody accountable, whether it's a quarterback holding a D lineman accountable or a lineman holder, a whole line holding a DB accountable, accountable or something. I think it's just kind of like, he brings in a lot of stuff that's outside of football or like outside of like strength conditioning that I think is going to be very beneficial like to the team and really help us just kind of know that it's 
obviously strength and conditioning is a major part and playing is a major part, but trusting your teammates and knowing that you don't have to worry about someone not doing their job. You can trust them and just know that everyone's be accountable for each other. Okay. Well, some of the other interviews I've done the, you know, with the the losses through the transfer portal and stuff like that, that uh, sort of the sentiment's been that the players that are in the champion center now are the players that want to be in the champion center yeah. that uh, I've gotten, there's the vibe that, uh, you know, there is some cohesiveness you talked about, you know, being more tight as an offensive line, but you're getting that same impression about the, the team in general. Is it, does mm-hmm. it have a different feel from 2021 or is it just every year is a different year? I definitely think the team it has a different feel. Like you can just feel the team just getting closer and closer. I played football my whole life and I've definitely been on teams that are super close with one another. And I, you can definitely just see it and just feel it starting to come on together. Like everyone's very, like, like I said before, we all try to keep each other accountable and we would see it in the spring ball practices. Maybe some would mess up another person for a different position, but Hey, like, don't worry, like keep your head up or you got it next time. Just, it's just kind of this working together as a team rather than just working as a position group and kind of be, kind of be clicky in a way like that. I think working as a team and not having a bunch of clicks and, like you said, the guys that uh, enter the transfer portal or didn't enter the transfer portal are still here are the guys that wanted to be here. And the guys that left, they obviously left for their own reasons. But the guys that we have now, I think that everyone wants to be here. Everyone wants to win. And we're all in the same – we all have the same goal in mind. So I think I think we're in the right direction. Okay. So, you know, like you said, you you do, uh, you know, read – not <laughs> I would say read the papers, but that's old. Uh, you guys are aware of what's going on out, you know, on the road in terms of mm-hmm. you know, the preseason magazines are going to start coming out and there's going to be a lot of dire predictions for the University of Colorado with a tough schedule and yeah. the losses, you know, in, in certain, certain position groups and things like that. Uh, right. What would you say to the, the Buff Nation to uh, encourage them that uh, it's uh, a whole lot different team than what uh, mm-hmm. Athlon and Lindy's and all the street and Smith are going to have to say about the bus come this summer. I think the biggest thing I can say is just keep supporting. I know last year wasn't a season that anybody, anybody really wanted, but I think we showed glimpses the Oregon state game, the Arizona game. Uh, I think we really just showed glimpses of what kind of a, kind of team that we can be. It's just, we got to just do that all the time. And so when we, when we play our best football, I think, I think we can be a really hard team to be. It's just, that's just when we play our best football. So I think it's really just support us. And that's our goal this year. I feel like last year we felt like we let the, the fans down and the, just the community down. So I feel like this year that's a big goal for us uh, as a team, just to uh, make sure that we can make everyone proud again uh, to be a CU fan. And just it's been a program that's been pretty successful. So we want to bring that back and go to a bowl game, win a bowl game. So that's all like – it might sound cliche to someone, but that's just how, kind of how how we were thinking as a team. Okay. Well, in terms of, you know, we've got team goals, you know, win games, win the Pac-12, go to the Pac-12 mm-hmm. championship game. Um, other than staying healthy, which for offensive linemen is personal goal number one, <laughs> and right. just trying not to get injured, which, uh, you know, is hard to do. It just, uh, you know, there's nothing you can do. It just comes with the being in the position that you're in. Do you have any specific personal goals that you uh, have set for yourself? Or are you thinking about setting for yourself for the season in terms of uh, what you're going to do as a 
the left starting left tackle for the University of Colorado? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I feel like the main goals for myself and for the whole line is limit the amount of sacks and any pressures or QB hits or anything like that. Just we want all those to be in zeros and all the columns. So I think that's probably the biggest goal I have for myself and for the team, but also just trying to lead the team and be a leader and known for like just trying to help the team out in the way as, as best as I can and as well as I can. So I think that's another major thing that I want to just want to focus on going into next season. Okay. Well, last year, you, I mean, stats are a wonderful thing, especially if you're living in the world of Dave Platty. Um, that uh, you had six perfect plays on passing touchdowns and tied for the team high in six touchdown blocks. Was there any uh, touchdown or any particular play, any pancake block or anything like that that uh, stood out for you from last season that uh, was your favorite play of the year or the favorite game of the year? Um, I definitely think I have have a couple of plays that watched after watching over the film, I watched it and I was like, oh, okay, like, that was good. I like that one. So I, there's definitely a few, but there's definitely a lot more I want to get this year. And just like you said, those touchdown blocks. And if I can just spring any of the running backs open, or if it's a screen or anything like that, get a receiver a touchdown, or if you lose running or anything like that, just I want to see everyone else win and maybe one day the attack eligible touchdown. There you go. go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen for the hear the PA announcers say that you reported as uh, eligible on the, at the end of the line there and uh, uh, a little tackle eligible pass at the two yard line. So you, oh, I hope so. You're working on your, uh, your hands on your technique for catching the ball so that uh, you get your opportunity. Uh, uh, well, thank you for your time. We'll wish you good yeah, health thank you. and have a, a great season and, and go buffs. Well, yeah. Thank you for the time. Yeah. It's great. Energy. Thank you. Have a good day. Go buffs. Thanks for listening. This episode and this series of interviews would not have been possible without your kind contributions to the See You at the Game NIL campaign. So thanks to all of you for supporting your CU student-athletes. Brad and Neil will be back soon, as the CU Fall lineup will gain even greater clarity in the upcoming weeks. We will also do a deep dive in June into the preseason magazines, which will, spoiler alert, not have much good to say about CU's chances of success in 2022. I will also be continuing on with the CU at the Game NIL podcast campaign, as we have now passed the midway point of our 20 interview series. The interviews will continue throughout the remainder of the spring, so I hope you will subscribe to the podcast at your favorite podcast site, so that you won't miss any of the new interviews. And so, until next time... Be well, stay safe, and go Buffs! Thank you for listening to our See You at the Game podcast. For links to articles and stories referenced in this podcast, go to cuatthegame.com. That's the letter C, the letter U, at thegame.com. If you have comments or suggestions, you can leave them on the website or send an email to cuatthegame at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and share it with your fellow Buff fans. Until next time, when we will again see you at the game.